All right. We're rolling. We're ready to go here. Oh. This is uh, a podcast called Up In Your Business. It's back. I'm trying to remember how to do this because it's been about nine years since we've uh, talked into these microphones here. And a new location. New location, which is probably the most exciting part. Uh, Actually, the new guest is the most exciting part, but the location is also very exciting. Uh, welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, everybody. Uh, it's been a long, long time. Um, we're excited to be back. We're here with Nick. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your last name yeah, correctly. Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> Nick, uh, former founder of Artist Republic, now turned entrepreneur. We're still the founder. Well, former yeah, founder. I guess that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, Nick, thanks for coming in, man. Glad to make the long commute over. <laughs> yeah, FYI, for anybody listening or watching, uh, Nick lives next door. So uh, <laughs> long walk over here. Um, we've been trying to set this podcast up for about two and a half months now. Yeah, that's um, the worst part. I think so, you have the busiest schedule in all yeah. of Providence. <laughs> yeah. I remember like texting him and being like, hey, like in the next like two weeks, you think you could uh, get on our podcast? He's like, how about June 23rd? <laughs> I was like, bro, it's early May. That's like six weeks away. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I go on vacation for a week and then I got a busy life. I'm like, all right. So anyway, now we're finally here. Um, Nick, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself and uh, say hello. Yeah. So hello, everybody. Um Obviously, my name's Nick. Um, I have been in the the entrepreneurial world for about 10 years, um, coming up on 11 years. I started in the super fun world of um, hosting concerts for a living, which I think is great that you guys have that picture behind me. Um, that was host, yeah. at URI. Hell yeah. So yeah, hosting concerts for a living. Um, did that actually starting my freshman year of high school. So wow. It was fun. Um, it's it was fun to get paid to throw parties for a living. Yeah. Um, and so I started with that, and then I went into music marketing. Did that out of my dorm room at college, where I went Bryant University. Um, sophomore year, Bryant. I then proceeded to continue down the music path. Launched Artist Republic, um, which basically we were the first ever online record label for independent artists. Um, that that got venture backed by a bunch of investors. My beginning of or end of my end of my junior year um, in college. And at that point, investors were like, you're not going back to college. Um, and at that point I was like, you know what? I'm gonna join the massive group of entrepreneurs who drop out and don't make it, or I'm gonna join the even smaller group <laughs> that, that drop out and, and somehow have a success story. Um, and then I ran that for the past two and a half years. Um, and then in October, we were able to have a successful exit to a publicly traded company in California. That was another music company. Oh, um, and then awesome. since then, the, uh, you know, cause that, that question I know will probably come up. I was like, what do you do now? Um, since then it's been, it's been everything. Like I, I always talk to entrepreneurs now cause I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. It's like entrepreneurship is defined differently than like at every stage in your life. Um, and so like when I was running artist public, like it was like entrepreneurship is building that billion dollar unicorn startup. Then after that, I realized it's like, it's totally different. Um, and so like during the day, the majority of my time is spent with a startup up in Boston, um, leading product with them. Uh, because what I found is it's great to run your own startup. It's also nice to help someone else's startup uh, because you don't have to do all the tedious stuff that 
you don't like about running a startup. True, um, yeah. Like I don't have to deal with investor calls and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, outside of that in my free time, I obviously work with a bunch of startups. Um, I'm, you know, working as a consultant, I'm working as an investor, <clears throat> doing a bunch of different things. Obviously staying active around here. Um, as you know, you all know, and we'll go into this, you know, us and a bunch of other founders start bringing a bunch of people to bars on random occasions, uh, because why not? Yeah. And, uh, so we do that and I'm now heavily involved in Rhode Island startup week coming up this year. And you know, the list goes on yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of the things that I'm getting my hands in because I think there's, you know, like I said, there's differences. Um, and you know, when you're, when you're running a company, there's all your time is dedicated to that. And so it's yeah. nice to like take a little bit of a break and be like, I'm not running a company. I can like dabble over here and dabble over there. Um, and go on vacations, yeah, um, yeah. but also still have somehow 18 hour work days after that and still call it a break. So <laughs> you're addicted to the lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Well, I you can, have to be, it's I like can, one of those things you have momentum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine it's fun to, like you said, dabble and just like have some free time to like do certain things and like yeah. try other like paths and just, uh, just yeah. kind of like have fun. So that's. That's really cool. Yeah, and like figure out like what entrepreneurship is to you. Like one of my one of my VCs, I was an early investor in Artist Public, said that to me after Artist Public. He's like, you know, Nick, now at this point you can do whatever you want. You can go launch another startup, or he goes, you can be like me, you can make all your money from helping startups. And that's cool. He's like, you can you can go any which way you want. There's or you can go work at a startup. Like there's so many different worlds out there. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool to be able to have that flexibility. And say, you know, I've been a founder, I've built a company, it's been really fun. Um, and I can always go back and building it. But I also think as an entrepreneur, and you know, we're always looking for like, what other thing can we break? Like now, like <laughs> I've built a marketplace, like if I was gonna build another company, like, I'd love to build a SaaS company. Okay. Um, Cause it's like, okay, I've done a marketplace. Right. Like I've never done food, I've never Do done real different. estate, I've never done, right, you know, right. nonprofits. It's like, what can I dabble with next? Yeah. Do you find that even though it's a different industry, everything kind of translates from what you learned with Artist Republic from building that? Yes and no. The principles are the same. Um, so like when I, there's like two companies I'm helping out right now and I have like in their business plan, I just have like a thing like called Nick's checklist. And the majority of things in the first four months of a business are just a checklist. Do you have this? Do you have that? Are you doing this at this point in time? Um, because the, I think the really only thing that changes is, you know, the idea. Do you have product market fit? Um, you know, all that different, all those little intricacies of things that like are unique to your business. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to the same questions. Like you're still going to find product market fit the same way, no matter what business it is. You're right. still going to test it the same way. Um, you're still going to market it the same way. Right. Like you're going to think like, okay, like I'm looking at three businesses. And each of them, I'm like, how do you get to the first thousand people without spending a thousand dollars? And so like, if you can ask yourself that question, if you can answer that, that business is viable. If it's, you can't answer that, it's not viable. Right. Like you guys can sit here and think, how am I going to get a thousand weddings booked without spending a thousand dollars? You could probably answer that question, but it's mm. hard if you were to think of, you know, another business where you're like, you don't know that market enough or those people are too hard to reach. Right, so you um, have to spend more. Yeah, like finding groups. Like, you know, coming to a Founders and Friends event, you could probably find 200 businesses that may want 
photos done. Right. It's super simple to be like, okay, I'm just going to target that group. Right. And so, you know, you can kind of ask those questions and it's kind of the same across all businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the content changes of what yeah, you're it's doing. Just the content. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And so in college, like what, I guess like, I guess tell me a little bit about like running concerts and then going to starting Artist Republic. Like what was the switch and what got you like into doing concerts? Yeah, so I always said if, if you told me when I was hosting concerts that I was running a software company, I would laugh in your face because yeah. I'm not a developer. I don't know how to code. Um, and I don't even think it's, it's worth me knowing. Like I know, like I understand enough to have that conversation. Right. Um, but I think everyone has, you know, you only have the same 24 hours in a day. So someone's always going to be a better developer than me. Right. Um, and so it started in concerts and started in concerts. And that was super fun. Um, I hosted about... I think by the time I graduated high school, I had about 75 concerts under my belt, um, which was just, yeah, in uber amounts of fun. Are you um, taking those from start to finish or are you just yeah. promo? Oh, it's no, like start planning the whole thing. So we thing. were planning, yeah. booking Damn. the whole nine yards, marketing and, and growing it. And so that's actually how I got into the music marketing agency was how mm. I, I made that jump because we were starting to host concerts at a time when Instagram was like the wild west. And so what we had was a unique algorithm on Instagram that could help us target high schools and colleges within a 15 mile radius of a music venue. And we could use that to then follow people on Instagram, blow yeah. up that Instagram account specifically for that concert series. Yeah. Then once that concert was done, close the Instagram, move on to the next one. And we were able to wow. do that repetitively because yeah. basically what we would do is we'd turn the Instagram account on private. People would be like, what is this? They would click the link in the bio and then that would drive people to our website completely for free. So that was at a time though when Instagram was the wild west. Huh. Now when I got out of concerts because I came to Bryant, I was like, I can't. It's, it was harder to not, to harder to do it up here in Rhode Island than it was in Connecticut. There's not as many venues. There's more dynamics. Um, yeah, I was and, just about to ask, where yeah. did you grow up? It was in yeah, I grew up in Connecticut, and so did all those concerts there, um, which was nice. It was easy to penetrate. There weren't a lot of people doing it, but there's a lot of venues. Right. Um, and so I came up here, switched that, started running that. And so what I was doing is I took that algorithm and I did it for music artists and nightclubs. Okay. And I said, okay, if you want to grow, you know, sp if you want to actually grow listeners on Spotify, put the link in your bio, turn your account on private. I'm going to get you 300 new followers every week. And I guarantee you at least 50% of them are going to go to your Spotify. And then around, I knew at that point that like it wasn't going to last. Yeah. Like I could see Instagram changing stuff. I'm like, I'm sitting on a gold mine, right. but it's not, it's only going to last so far. So yeah. I was like, what is that next step? Um, and so for me, it started kind of ironically, we were building software for the music artists that we were hiring to use. So like we started having these ideas and what it started was, was like, let's create one of those links in your bio for, yeah, yeah. you know, all your different music. But I was like, I want it to track who from Instagram clicks it. Instagram doesn't provide that. Uh, right. So that's what I wanted to try to build. So I hired a software development agency to do that. We couldn't crack the code on how to actually get that done. Um, but when we were there, we realized that the value was not in the link. It was in artists logging into something and getting oh, resources. Okay, gotcha. And so that's when we made that pivot to start developing Artist Public. And I was lucky because I was able to bootstrap that first iteration of Artist Public by just taking all the money from the marketing agency dumping it into artist public and then here comes artist public. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like how it went. Um, 
And it was nice because a lot of artists trusted me because of the fact that I started in shows. I then went into music marketing. I had those connections. Yeah. I had all the people laid out. So I knew who to talk to, when to talk to them. Um, and just, you know, had those credentials so that people were like, okay, this, this guy knows who he's talking about. Yeah. And you had been in the music world. Yes. So you, like, like you said, people trusted you and you knew what you were doing. Yep. And at exactly. the same time you have, you know, these independent artists that don't want to sign to a big record label or don't have the opportunity to right now all of a sudden here's the access to it mm -hmm. and they know that you're not part of this big conglomerate yeah. or anything like that yeah it's a cool That's way to go cool. about it yeah That's yeah awesome. wow so then like once you started artist republic like did you did you have partners that you bought out or anything like that or did was there partners that stayed along the whole time or was it yeah so i had much? i had a great partner who i started with who helped me get to basically the beta um and then you know, not not everybody can take that risk on a startup. Right. Um, and so, you know, he had to step away and, and take a job because I was luckily a, a junior in, in college. I had that fallback plan. He didn't. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I totally respect him for that. And he got us to where we needed to be. Um, and then so at that point, it was kind of up to me. We had a couple of developers that we started hiring. Um, one of them became pretty much my VP of engineering, became my left hand man um, gotcha. after we took on our first investment. Uh, but for the most part, it was me. And so that that person who I had, it was kind of like a co-founder. It started with me hiring developers. I kept I got screwed over by two outsourced development teams. Mm. And I was like, I need someone on my side that actually yeah. understands development to just make sure I'm not getting screwed over. Um, and then the third team screwed us over. And so he started rebuilding it from scratch. Oh, um, I think about like December. He started rebuilding it from scratch with another developer from Upwork about... I think we started like December 15th and we launched the, the first iteration on January 13th. Damn. Um, wow, and we, quick. yeah, we basically rebuilt it from scratch. How does that feel though? The third time you're just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was brutal. Like just how do you money get down that, the drain? How like, do you have the determination to like, even after the first time, like, all right, I'll <laughs> throw away more or like throw more money at it. Well, and, cause you just like keep changing it. You're like, okay, I, I got screwed over because of that. So now I fix this and then someone else screws you over for something else. Gosh. It's uh, like, you keep knowing what to watch. And it's like, like the, like the first one screwed me over because they spend so much time and money on user storying and wireframing, all this stuff that you just don't need. Um, and then the second ones got me because they built everything on the front end. So it looked good. But when you actually launched it, there was no functionality on the oh, back end. Oh my God. Um, and so then that didn't work. And so then we started rebuilding it from there. And then I had a couple internally that just like, fell down the line it's like come on oh um, God. and so yeah no it, it, you're like you're literally blowing money um which sucks especially at that point because it wasn't vc money it was my money right um and so like you definitely take it personally yeah but you know that's for the crazy. most part it's like you also that's how you're gonna learn right right, right. To say it yeah but, oh yeah like now i know what to look for it's like yeah. that everyone says you learn more from your mistakes right oh yeah your successes yeah. Oh, yeah. and like and that's why i always tell founders like if you if if you don't put a amount, an amount of money that is significant to you behind your company is most likely not going to work because you haven't like put you yourself you almost, like don't believe in it. Yeah, enough, but not. Yeah. And, and it's like you haven't made yourself gut check enough to get smart. Yeah. Like I when and when a lot of startups advise with me, like they'll be like, oh, I need to go out and get money. I'm like, OK, but like, let's do this first. Let's do this first. 
Because like I want to see how much a startup can squirm before they actually make it happen. Because it, like when you're squirming is when you'll get smart. Yeah, and, and that's when and yeah. Like we had one thing, we found out that many many music artists put their emails in their bios on Instagram, and so instead of marketing to ten million music artists through Facebook ads, for ten dollars I could scrape emails on Instagram legally, and so because. Because they put them out in public, right? It's it was legal to copy it to a to your Excel sheet and contact them, right? As long as you followed all the can spam apps, spam, can spam apps. So that's what we did, and we were able oh. to get like the first couple thousand dollars in revenue because of that. Jeez. And so that's it's like awesome. if you didn't squirm, you wouldn't find like these creative solutions. And that's be funny because like, that's like something almost like it's right in front of your eyes. Yeah, in a sense, it's literally right there. They're giving it to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's why they put it there. They want people to reach out to them. Right. <laughs> so all you had to do is find a mass way to be able to do it. But they were just looking for bookings. They didn't know yeah. what you were coming yeah. in with, you know? And so we were saying, hey, we can do all this for you through a website. They're like, oh, okay, let's do it. Um, and a lot of times people skip that step because they instantly think Facebook ads, I need to spend money to make money. Right. A lot of times you don't actually have to spend that much money to make money. Right. Yeah. I mean, even with us, we've tried like all sorts of like paid ads and even yep. like LinkedIn and stuff. And we didn't see anything from LinkedIn, yeah. you know, not too many. I don't know about yeah. Facebook has been kind of, ever since they changed the algorithm, it's kind of oh, slowed yeah. down a little bit too. Yeah, last, been brutal. Yeah. Yeah. last year and a half is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. But like, so to find something more organic or yeah. more that like right in front of you, like just use it in a creative way to get yeah. in front of their eyes. Yeah. Right. So when you tell me about like, getting from starting Artist Republic and then to like the first money coming in from like VC. Like what was yeah. that like and how did you get to that part? And what the relief feel like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think my anxiety got worse the more <laughs> the more people's money. I think yeah, I think there was only one point in time where I didn't have like an anxiety attack in Artist Republic and like I genuinely was like holy crap. Um, and that was the morning of our bridge round closed. I woke up, checked the bank account, and I was like, there is $1.4 million sitting in our bank account. And I just looked at it. And like, you have that moment where you look and you're like, I have never seen a number that big. I've never right. seen two commas. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> two comma club. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, like, I had to screenshot it. Like, yeah. I definitely have a screenshot yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And But besides that... Cause then like it hits you like, whoa, I got a lot of money that can go really quickly. Cause like people yeah. don't understand like, like 1.4 million to the, the average individual is life changing. Right. 1.4 million to a company is to some extent, as bad as it says, it's pocket change. Like that crazy. we like on average. So if you, if you have a million dollars in budget and you hire 10 developers, you're already over budget. Yeah, you can't you even pay yourself. They're, they're at least a hundred grand a piece, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't even pay yourself, so you're done. <laughs> like that's that's so so that's the problem. Like people look at it, they're like a million dollars, so much money. I can do so yeah, hundred percent. Because you as an individual will not pay yourself a hundred thousand dollars a month, but you as a company most likely will spend close to a hundred thousand dollars a month when you need to hit that scale. And yeah. so, basically, to them now back that up. So we launched in January. Um, we ended up launching to a waiting list of 11,000 music artists through a lot of our free marketing efforts in the beginning. Um, and that helped us get a small blog post in 
Rhode Island Inno, which then got tweeted out by Bryant. One of the one of the alumni saw it. I'm walking to work one day in like February, and I get a president from I get an email from the president of Bryant. He's like, "Hey Nick, call me." Gives me his phone. I was like, "Oh God." What the hell did I do I did, wrong? Yeah. I, like, I did something wrong. I did right. something really wrong. For sure. And uh, so I call him. He's like, I have an alumni who wants to help you and your business out financially. Now, have I'm you like, talked to the president at all before this? No. Or? No, 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 never, never talked to him before. I was like, okay. Um, yeah. He's like, but you need to make sure, like, you're at the meeting. I don't want this to look bad for Brian. I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the yeah, meeting. Yeah, <laughs> like, Let me know. Um, and so I end up hopping on the phone with this guy. Um we end up meeting and we met up in New Hampshire and kind of pitched him on the business. Didn't feel good about it. And I, and I left. I remember I specifically, I called my brother. I was like, dude, I was like, no way. I was like, we didn't get it. Like we're going to have yeah. to go back to the drawing board, et cetera. So blah, 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 blah. Now at the beginning of March, COVID hits. We're supposed to launch at South by Southwest. Oh, wow. So two days before heading down to South by Southwest, get that hopefully big influx people, et cetera. Uh, South by Southwest cancels. Oh my God. Like, okay, Christ. so I haven't heard anything. Um, we're running long capital. So I was like, you know what? It's COVID. No one's yeah. going to go out. I was like, I'm just going to start door dashing. So I started door dashing to pay uh, my developers at that point. And I remember you telling me that. Oh, yeah. I, that I was nuts. telling the story of how when we first started, I was Ubering yeah. after work. Yeah, exactly. I would work at the office until like six and then Uber for three hours and yeah. then go home. Exactly. You, and and you that's why I like to let startups squirt. I was just going to say that but that makes total sense. You have to like, you have to be uncomfortable. You tell me you don't have time to go make extra money to pay your startup. I'm I will never work yeah. with your startup yeah. um, because I know you do. Cause I guarantee you, I have 10 more meetings and you know, 10 more meetings a day than you do. Right. And I still have time to somehow play Fortnite here and there. Like, <laughs> so I promise you, you yeah. don't have, you know, that you're not that busy. And so, yeah, I started door dashing. I'll never forget it. I was literally delivering a pizza. And talking through with one of my advisors, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, no way he's in. He calls me and he's like, all right, Nick, here's what we're going to do. He's like, you get 50 grand, but I want 20% of your company. It's like, okay. And he's like, for two reasons. One, it's a science experiment. You take that 50 grand, you come out with a hell of a company and I'll help you do the entire thing. Or science experiment. Yeah. You lose the 50 grand and we go our separate ways. He goes, the other reason I want 20%, he goes, I don't want to be an investor. He goes, if I do companies, I do them with you. Oh, I see. So and he he's like, like at my, yeah, he's like, at my point in time in my life, the biggest thing that I have value is my time, not my money. Mm. I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's the best gamble I can ever take in my life. And wow. everyone told me I was so stupid after. Everyone was like, I can't believe you have 20% of your company. You only, you know, you only value yourself at $200,000. I was like, yeah, but you don't understand who this guy is. Yeah. Like, that you need, and I tell startups all the time, you need someone that is going to be your champion mm. because you can't be your only champion. You have to focus on your product. Um, and like put yeah. put them in your shoes. Yeah. Like what would they do? Yeah. What would you do? Your yeah. company's facing death or 50 grand. Like you you just like, it's yeah. better to own 10% of a billion dollar company than yeah. 100% of a zero dollar company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, that's, the, that's the end goal. Um, put that on and, a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, and so because of that, and so I took it, we we ran, we did about two months. Um, we came back and he was like, you guys knocked it out of the park. He's like, you you have a company here. Oh, yeah. um, and so with that, he then helped lead our seed, our pre-seed round, which like, you know, just off the bat, it's like, okay, he put that in. And within two months, he helped us raise 650 grand. 
And so like Damn. that pays dividends. Like I didn't have to raise that round. Right. He's earning his 20% yeah, real quick. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, that helped. It connected me with the right people. It got us on the map. It got us that initial money. Um, so we did that, started running, um, getting prep for everything, got to the point of then heading towards like seed, series A range. Um, some people call it series A. I kind of call it a seed. Uh, but, you know, internally we called it a bridge round. That was when we did the one point for one point between 1.2 to 1.4 million. Um, and then that was basically to get us to our series A. And so a lot of times people think of like seed series A, series B, series C, IPO, et cetera. Right. Nowadays, because of how astronomically outrageous series A's have gotten, you have to do a friends, family and fools part one, friend, family and fools part two, <laughs> maybe a part three. Then you're doing a pre-seed no, sorry, then you're doing an angel round, then you're doing a pre-seed, then you're doing a seed, then you're doing a bridge round, Jeez. then you're doing Jesus. your series A. So like you're raising about five to six million before you get to a series A. Because, you know, in in a lot of the investors now you'll talk to when they were investing in, in early 2000s, a series A, you had to have, you know, 250K in, in revenue. It was really just like, you're now the like you're gonna give me the money to ignite my company. Right. Series A now is like we're giving you the money to go to the moon and you better already have 3 million in revenue. Like, a really? proof of, like a, your concept's yeah. proven, it's ready yeah. to go. They yeah. want to have you know at least 3 million in revenue to do a series A, where to do a seed, you could do a seed on no revenue. Right. And so, but the average seed is still closing for around one to two to one to two million, where the average series uh, A is closing for 15 million. Yeah. Uh, and so to make that jump is absurd. Um, and so we were heading to series A, but we had one thing against us, which was we were a music company. No investors invest in music companies. And so we you had- just disliked, like it's just not- Yeah, so <laughs> we literally had the number one VC in the world um, helping lead connections for us. And this guy had every single, like every single VC looks up to him. He is the guy of all guys. If you have him leading connections for you, you're pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. And he would lead connections to his buddies. We had people that were the key investors behind Spotify, key investors behind Pandora, every single one. They were like, I'm sorry, I don't invest in music after Napster. Oh, Every shit. single one said the same thing. 497 investors will not touch music industry because of Napster. Wow. And so we realized at that point, we're like, this is gonna be a hell of a round because not only do you have to make such a big jump, traditional companies can make that jump. A music tech company won't make that jump. So when I talk to music companies now, I'm like, you better realize you're not gonna make that jump unless uh, you're pinned on something else, your blockchain, your crypto, you're something that's sexier because you just won't make it. Right. Nobody wants to touch music anymore. Um, and it, oh yeah, it blew my mind. We were talking to traditional record labels. We were talking to pretty much everyone you could possibly see of. And because of that, that's when the acquisition offer started rolling in. Because we were talking to so many people for uh, the investment round. That's when companies were just coming in. They're like, you know what? I'll just buy you tomorrow. And we're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when that was when we started fielding acquisition offers. Because um, at that point, I was on my about three and a half years total of running it. Wow. Um, and I was like, you know, we can keep battling or at the end of the day, when you run a startup, you have a fiduciary duty to every single investor. It's like, I have a duty to get them a return on their money right. more than, you know, me trying to battle it out for a couple more years. Right. Like that's my, that's who I have to answer to. Um, because anybody that says you're your own boss, you're really not. You answer to your board and your investors. Right. Um, 
And so, yeah, at that point, we, we fielded like five to six different offers. Um, it was great. Got wined and dined left and right. Um, yeah, that was, that was, oh, yeah, that was great. People uh, wanting you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got many free dinners at Hemingway's. Got, <laughs> yeah. you know, boxes of cigars. Oh, it was great. Um, and where, then, where was the nicest dinner? So company that bought us, uh, we signed the deal in Vegas. Um, oh, and shit. so All that, right. that the fun. dinners we had in Vegas were extraordinary. Um, wow. That was fun. That's wild. That was that was definitely like, OK, this was a great way to close it. Um, but yeah, and so so that that was definitely the fun part. And so we made that decision and that was that was where we went. And so, yeah, and now you get to do whatever else you want. Like the way I look at it is like selling your company is like your degree in entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah. But what's that like? What's that feeling of all right? You get all the paperwork done. You have the fancy dinner. Is it like you wake up the next morning and it's like, yeah, you have a bunch of money, but you kind of give away something you spent so long building. Like, oh, is yeah. there any like, oh yeah, like did I do the right thing? Yeah. Kind of like second guessing That's yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't second guess it because of the fact that I knew during the Series A, like I did everything I could physically do to not sell my company. Gotcha. But at the end of the day, too, there's two things I say. One, your first sale of your company is for your investors, not you. Mm. Rule number one, because that's you getting your degree. That's the big difference. Like you, everyone's biggest acquisition is usually not their first one. Uh, so you look at like Elon Musk's first big acquisition was PayPal. Yeah. Oh yeah, That was right. his third acquisition. Wow. Really? I think it was, yeah, it was his second or third acquisition. So at that point, like I think his first acquisition was he sold a video game company to another company for like 600 bucks. Like that was his, was his first acquisition. But he's just learning the ropes. Yeah, and, you learn the yeah. ropes. And so like that for artist public was for me was like, I saw a company go from nothing, from bootstrap to funded to sold. Right. Walked away with enough to be like, okay, cool, this is great. But my investors walked away, you know, I'm happy for this kid, return. he did a good yeah. job. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's number one. And, and the second thing is like, you have to remember that you are not your company. Yeah, and yeah, separation. Yeah, and so, but at the end of the day too, like there are some things I look back at with Artist Republic, I'm like, Artist Republic was the idea. Like everyone always claims like, oh, you always have like one brilliant idea. I probably will have more. But at this point in time of the ideas I've had, like Artist Republic was the billion dollar idea mm. that I, I was able to output. Um, but that's not the only thing. Right. That's what I realized too, is like, there are so many factors. Like if we weren't raising money, being a music tech company, also while NFTs first came out, we probably would have gotten the raise. Cause now that's the other thing that went against us was we didn't have anything to do with NFTs. And NFTs just came out. So everybody uh, was paying attention to the music, just cared about NFTs. You don't have NFTs? Okay, bye. Uh, wow. So that also, so like there's That's so crazy. many external factors as well. Yeah, and That's even like you're saying, like COVID killing the first yeah. launch too. Right. It's, there's, you can't, yep. you can't prepare for that. Yeah. That's crazy. Also, like you, like you were saying, you're realizing like you will have ideas in the future. You're also oh, yeah. young as fuck. Oh yeah. Like how old are you? 24. Yeah, yeah. that's insane yeah. to like have built a company actually like started it and had it running and operational mm -hmm. and ran it for X amount of time and then selling it by 24 is like unheard of. And like you didn't graduate college. No, I love that part too. Yeah, but that's I, like a nice I, I love, I love putting <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That's like, that's insane. Like it's 
That's crazy. The president of Brian's probably all pissed off. Yeah. He can't like say that. Dude, they, when I went, I went back. I, I'm I'm gonna go back and negotiate my uh, my honorary degree. Sir. There you go. But uh, just from the marketing materials that they use me for, like I should get an honorary degree just for the money that I yeah. make them. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy. Like they. Um, the last time I went back, like, I love it. So, like, I mean, if I love Bryant, so, like, anyway, I can obviously help out. Like, I don't yeah. care. They can put me on any bill where they want. Sure. Um, but uh, I went back, and, like, I was all over their admissions booklets for entrepreneurship. So I took, funny. like, 15 of them, and I was like, these are going like, here, on the to wall. the grandparents. Yeah. Going to the mom. I was like, these are going everywhere. I was That's like, Mom, amazing. look, I may not have a degree, Right. They used me to market. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's 10 times better. That's so sick. Um, but yeah. That's cool. So yeah, I guess like my question is kind of part of Mike's too, is like that day, like after everything's all done, like you wake up, like, do you almost feel like, holy shit, what do I do now? Cause like as a, yeah. as a founder, like running a company, like you wake up and you just like uh, immediately have a hundred things to do. Like, yep. you know, every day, like I randomly will wake up at like 1130 at night or like I'm about to fall asleep. And then I'm like, do we post that thing on LinkedIn? <laughs> we did this blog. Do we, I wonder if we wrote that post and put it on LinkedIn as well. I know we did it on Facebook. Like, yeah, you just, your mind is like 24 seven constantly running. Oh yeah. And then you wake up and your company's like not yours anymore. You're like, do you like, what is that like? So. Uh, first off, uh, you can actually sleep, which is <laughs> great. Because yeah. uh, the amount of times that my girlfriend would strangle me is I would wake up like 3 a.m. and I'd be like, babe, I'll, I'll be right back. I gotta, I gotta go do something. Yeah, like, oh my like, God. The amount I've of times that. I'm like, I've done I just that. solved this whole problem. Like, I need to go. And she's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, that's one that's one thing. You can actually go to sleep. Uh, but the, the biggest thing is for me, I kind of had that moment where I was like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, and so it was weird for me. I went into the job market. I was like, what am I going to do? Um, and so I ended up connecting with this startup up in Boston and leading product with them because I put it together. I was like, I'm really good at marketing and sales. Mm. It's like, I hate doing sales for products I don't believe in. And it would take me a while to like believe in anybody's product. Sure. Like now being at this company for 10 months, I could lead sales for them hundred percent. Like I could totally do sales. Um, I would definitely crush sales, love sales. Um, but then the other side is marketing, really good at marketing, but I hate doing marketing for other companies because I think a lot of companies don't understand what marketing is. Sure. And I don't want someone pounding down my, you know, back being like, why don't you do this? Why don't yeah, you do micromanaging that? Yeah, it's like, shit, yeah. why didn't we get 10,000 new leads this month? Right. It's like, it takes a little bit. Right, right. Um, be patient. Like, yeah, like yeah. It, it, marketing is patience and people think like marketing is like put in dollars, get out dollars. Right. Um, so I was like, what do I do? And so that was when I discovered this whole world of product. And I was like, that is sick. Um, and so I got deep into product with a bunch of different people and, and obviously with this startup. And that for me, like product is like, I realized product is like the retired founders like world. Uh, like that's, that's what I realized when like being in product, like everybody I know who's like built a company and sold a company, they're like, I'm a product guy. Really? Um, yeah, because there's no one teaches product. And so product development is basically comes down to like, are you good at taking someone's vision and translating it to what an engineer can build? Mm. And that's the whole job of product the manager. Man there. Yeah, and yeah. so leading product, your whole goal is figuring out like, you can under, like I can understand a founder's mind because I've been a founder. Right. And I can understand an engineer because I've worked with them for 10 years. Sure. So I'm like, okay, I can very easily know what you want and 
make it in a way that, you know, this person will build it. Because I always say that if you want an engineer to build a box, they're going to build the sickest box in the world. Right. But I guarantee you it won't open. <laughs> and and that's what I say because I, I love engineers that I work, and every single person I work with. But there's there's a difference between thinking technically and thinking user-based. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, like I, I led a, a whole offsite today where we did that and all my engineers are killing it on thinking product based, which is, is so rare. Um, mm. But that's that's the goal where if you talk to a founder and you're like, I need you to build a box, they won't even build a box. Like they're going to describe this amazing yeah, floating yeah, yeah. thing that's probably not even a box. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the that's the problem. It's like everyone needs a box and nobody nobody translates that. That um, reminds me of the uh the Silicon Valley like season and couple episodes where they're trying to build that that uh like the, the server box. Yeah, oh, the yeah, box yeah. or the server or whatever <laughs> and like yeah I, I haven't watched that show in so long. I don't even remember the main character's name. What the fuck is his name? The nerdy Eric? dude. Huh? Is it Eric? Eric is the, the guy is the guy who's funding them. They live in this house. The, uh, the nerdy dude. Oh. Oh I my no, god. There's no Gilfoyle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but anyway, yeah, that was making me think of that. That's funny. Yeah. So no, so so exactly. So like, I was like, okay, I want to go into that world. Um, and the biggest thing that I realized, I was like, I don't like exactly. I am young. I don't have a degree. I don't really feel like going back to get a degree. And I've only been a founder for ten years. Right. So I was like, I should probably get a hell of a job on the resume just because. <laughs> um, and then I obviously fell in love with the startup I'm at, and so definitely staying with them for as long as they allow me. Yeah. Um, and you're consulting for them. No, I'm like I'm deep in with them. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm leading product with them, oh, so nice. like I am there. I would say nine to five. But it's not even nine to five. It's like seven a.m. to go to sleep. I don't know. Um, <laughs> to whenever you sleep you know, next. When the job is yeah. done. Um, is and your, that's what I love. Is your schedule flexible as oh, far yeah. as like days though? Like, can you just? Yeah, for the most yeah. part. I mean, they're they're definitely great. It's 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 just like any startup. Is your job oh. done? Or is it not? Yeah. <laughs> like if so your if job is, is then, done, yeah. do you know you're yeah. good. But if the job isn't done, then you know get back to work. And right, so, right. you know, I joined them. I think they were about 18, 20 people when I joined, and now they're up to close to sixty, I think. Wow. Um, in just in just about twelve months. So Shit. yeah, and so you know, do that. And then, you know, then you also have to think as a founder, you're like, okay. When you're a founder, I was like, everyone likes you because you're a founder. You've like, you have all this power over influencing stuff. Yeah. And so then you have to think there. You're like, okay, you have a lot of momentum as a founder. So how do you not lose that? Yeah. And so that's what I sat back at. I was like, what do I do? Um. And so it's like, okay, you can have a job that makes you money that gets you, you know, learning new stuff and building their resume. But like, what do you really want to do? Right. Like later. Yeah. And so that's when I started getting more involved. That's when we started pulling random founders together, doing the yeah. founders friends events. That's when um, started getting involved with Rhode Island Startup Week, starting to get involved with VC funds, trying to get more, you know, into that world of helping startups. Right. Um, I have a couple ideas of my own that, you know, we're dicking around with, with a couple different uh, co-founders and, yeah. you know, just like playing around that outside world right. of like, you know, you can have, uh, you know, something you're actively involved in nine to five. Mm. And then it's like, where are you building wealth five to nine and how mm. are you staying, you know, keeping with your influence five to nine? How are you staying mm. in those circles and keeping those connections active? Yeah. Because, you know, if you don't talk to someone for a month, you could lose them. Right. Yeah. Right. I got kind of a random question. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, you got all this influence and now do you ever get like, 
people just pitching you stuff like all randomly and you're just really? like, yeah, you just, I love it though. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cause a lot of times if you pitch me and I actually like it, I will actually work with you. Um, That's cool. Because it's fun. Um, because but how many like, ideas you have to go to through to, yeah. <laughs> to get to a good idea? A lot. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a couple that I'm working with right now that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, the other problem is I also have so many ideas of my own. Um, I forget who it was the other day. I came to someone the other day because I had an idea for something to put up in Providence. And I called them and I was like, look, you'd be the best person to do this. I was like, I've actually reached my capacity. I was like, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm admitting this. Yeah. I was like, this is a great idea and I want someone to do it and I don't have the capacity to do it. So if you just want to like take the idea and, and go do it, I was like, please, please go do it. Um, but yeah, that's funny. It's all the time. Yeah. The worst is wealth of managers. I get wealth. Managers. Oh, I'm sure. They reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time after I sold the company. And I was like, sorry, I already have a financial strategy. It's all on red at the casino. And uh, <laughs> I just wait for them to not respond to me ever again. <laughs> oh, people who like, because they know you yeah. got a big like, payday. Oh, congrats on your sale. And I'm yeah. like, Listen. Shut up. Leave me <laughs> it's the probably a alone. bot anyways yeah. that they just said. Yeah. Like, I'm not retired on a beach yet. So like, yeah. it's cool. But like. Yeah. It's all on red. Yeah, I, re <laughs> I respect that. Uh, like, you you sold your company. You're not like, all right, I'm done. It's like, no, yeah. I'm staying active. Yeah, I'm staying be. going. You have that drive. Well, especially no at point. 24, he's got a long life ahead yeah. of him. <laughs> <laughs> can't retire just There's yet. legit no point. It's like, you can do so much more. Yeah. Like, I put, like, I paid off the debts that I had. I right. put money into a crap ton of money into Bitcoin and a bunch of other cryptocurrencies, um, which, uh, you know, shout out to Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Algorand if you want to buy cryptocurrencies. <laughs> um, get those but, numbers back up. Yeah, yeah. Get, get those numbers back up. Um, but yeah, no, exactly. It's like, what do you like? Yeah. When you Why step off the gas. Right. right. Yeah, true. Um, kind of like moving backwards. But when you were running Artist Republic, like at its peak, I guess, how many people like how big was the staff? How big is the team? Yeah, so we were about 14, 15 people. Um, it wasn't anything massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, still, as like as a 22-year-old, like... Yeah. Uh, even myself, I'm 28, like, being responsible for people is a whole nother friggin' ball game. Like, that I was, the I was like part. talking to somebody one time, and I was like talking about, who, you know, I was like, oh, I have this company, like we do media production. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, we have about five people. And they're like, oh, you have employees. That's like a whole nother thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it really is. Like, That's the scary part. It's crazy. Like, what, what was that like? And like, you don't, there's no lessons for that. No. I feel like you no. just have to like learn that as you go. Talk about that a little. I mean, as you can tell from probably the way I've, I've talked through this, I would say that I was a pretty cool boss. Um, but <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I mean, you can probably ask any of my interns. My interns were, we, we had a couple interns over the summer, which was way more fun than it should have been. That's funny. Um, cause they're all from Bryant. And, yeah. uh, so we totally did not only have an internship program at Bryant. Uh, <laughs> it was totally not biased. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun being like, the boss, mm -hmm. but at the same time being like, I found that the easiest way to do it was just being unapologetically authentic. Like when I didn't know something, I told my team back, I genuinely do not know the answer. And that's why I hired you. Like I hired yeah. smart people to do smart things, yeah. to fill the gaps that I'm not smart enough to fill. Right. Um, I mean, they always say like, oh yeah, your, your best, like, 
the best thing you can do is hire people that are smarter than you. Yeah. Which is There's no reason true. not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Trent, don't get a big head over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other like thing for me was just we we hired a young team, but I, the majority of my team was under twenty. The the majority of my team was under twenty seven. Yeah. Same. Um. So we had a we had a very young team. And which I loved because I felt like everyone meshed, everyone had something to prove. Mm. And the thing about a younger team is they have a work-life balance in the sense of they have a balance that works well with a startup. A startup isn't always nine to five. Right, right, right. And the work-life balance of someone in our age group, in our in our generation, doesn't have to be nine to five. We like to, you know, in the middle of the day take a break and go do this and go do that. And so because of that, it was really nice having that group because like we would just hang out on zoom at midnight talking about stuff because maybe we were doing stuff during the day. Right. And that fit during a startup. And so I think I just led very empathetically and, you know, unapologetically authentic. Um, Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was gonna say at at that age, like, you know, kids at that age too also, don't have a house they have to pay for or yeah. they don't have like, you know, kids or like yep. right. major, major like responsibilities. Uh, yeah. So you're yeah. able to do stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also like, I also was lucky to have the experience of running concerts to now, then running the marketing agency to then this, to like kind of know when I screwed up. Sure. Um, and make sure that that stuff doesn't happen again. Yeah. There were so many things I had to deal with with artists public that I've never had to do before. Like, we had 401k plans. We had healthcare. We had all this different stuff that I was oh like, my God, that shit gets I, expensive. I, yeah. Too. I didn't even have it myself. Like yeah. you know, up until this point, like, you know, at, at 24, you're legally allowed your parents' healthcare. Still, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to set it up for myself. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff like that. That was definitely new, but I think that was more like the HR operations of stuff yeah, than right. actually people management. I think people management is just like being, empathetic and just understanding yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and everything else kind of falls in the line. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. I can, I can, <laughs> well, um, any other, uh, no, I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think what, uh, how has vacation been ever since? Like I know every once in a while you, you take vacation. Well, did you take yeah. a vacation like immediately after when you, when the oh, acquisition? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, Aruba. Oh, hell yeah. I've always wanted to be go to Aruba. So, yeah. So, I went to Aruba. um, Because that's the other thing. is like, that's one one thing I forgot to say. is like, when it's done, the problem is, it's like, you don't don't miss it until it's like really gone. It's kind of like a breakup. Yeah. Like, at first, you're like, man, this is amazing. Yeah, you're like, this is amazing. I'm single. And then, like. You're sitting on a beach. You can, like, turn your phone off and it's fine. And then, like, three months after that, you're like, oh, I can sell my company. And the reason being is, like. (laughs) Like you love your relationship, right? And the end usually at a breakup is when it gets messy. That's also the, the worst part of selling a company is actually selling your company. Like every single tedious thing that they rip through, they do this. Like I spent mm. eighty hours one week just in audit meetings with with lawyers going through every single financial record, every like piece, every that, and because they were publicly traded. Uh, so like they had to have everything fine tooth because they're a publicly traded company. Are you allowed to say who what it was? What like who bought, bought us? It? Yeah, yeah. It's this company called FanPass. Fan um, oh, they okay. were a big, uh, they're a big like live show music company in, in oh, California. Okay. So it's um, a good fit. Yeah, it was a good fit. And so That's like cool. because of that, like, but everything was so tedious. Though, like when you got like we sold in October, 
wasn't announced until January. I didn't have my final, I didn't sign off on the final documents until about the third week of February, the last week of February. Because I remember you came to our office in like October, November, or maybe it was October, maybe it was like October. Because I remember you telling me about it. You're like, yeah, we're, we're selling, like we're going through the stuff now, like optimistically it'll all be done by the end of November. But then like you said, it didn't yeah. happen until really yeah. January. Yeah. And so like, it's just so long. Um, that because that is like, then you're like, I'm so done. Like I am. <laughs> oh, so I see. Done yeah. Cause you. that's like, that's like then two months of just like yeah. bullshit. And meanwhile, yeah. you still need to have your company running yeah. to make money right. too. Yeah. It was, it was so bad. And like, I felt the, the worst people that I felt bad for was the users on the platform. It's like how you can't tell them, because they're a publicly traded company buying you. So yeah. you tell them that you're in an acquisition, that's technically insider trading. Yep. Uh, and so like you can't tell them that you're going through an acquisition, but how do we explain to them oh that we're going through an acquisition so half of our team is no longer here, so we don't have the same customer service reps that we had. So yeah, we can't get back to you as quickly as we did. So we started getting bad reviews. We started going through oh, all this stuff. Man. And like, I felt so bad, but it's like, what do you, what do you do? Yeah, and so that's I, why I was just gonna say Yeah, that. and so like people would message me. I'm like, I, I can't do anything. And like, it, it was so tough. And then people would be like, well, what? I'm like, I don't, I don't own it anymore. Like, cause I had such a good relationship with wow. so many users on the platform. Right. Um, and yeah, you're like, what do you, what do you do? That's insane. Um, yeah. Who was the uh, any like big big names to use Arch Republic while you had them? There was there was a good amount. I don't think any like big big names that I would say like people would know. But there's big big names in the sense of like artists that I listen to on a weekly daily basis. Yeah, the playlist um, is probably sick. You have all the. Oh yeah, every- <laughs> yeah. I got I got a bunch of I, yeah. <laughs> Follow me on Spotify. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So like there were definitely some massive artists. Like I think uh, we had one artist that did a solid. We've had multiple artists do more than a million streams distributed through Artist Bubble. That's wow. awesome. Um, That's sick. Yeah. So you we've definitely had some or big something. Ones. Like YouTube, we were going to, yeah. we wanted to, yeah. but uh, you know, then we went to the sale and then, yeah, yeah. but I always wanted to do that. I wanted to do like award plaques. Yeah. yeah the whole nine yards. There's That's so many things sick. you want to do, but yeah. Um, feel free to say no, but are you allowed to disclose the amount? I don't think I am. Okay, that's fine. I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish question. Because <laughs> I was also just curious, like, how that, because that must be crazy. Like, even if it was, like, whatever amount of money it is, like, you know, the average stranger probably just thinks, like, oh, man, now you just made all that money. But, like, really, you have to pay, like, all the investors yes. back. Oh, and yeah. then... So- pay like all the legal fees and yep. associations with the fucking yep. closing and all the documents. And so shit. I can, I can Lawyers say are expensive. I can say this just alone. The accounting fees to sell the company was $70,000. Oh just my the accounting God. Fees. So when you break down all of that between accountants, my accountants, that's, that's accountants like a healthy salary are, for yeah. one person. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's that's crazy. Accounting. Our accountants, yeah. their accounts, our lawyers, their lawyers, documents, state filings, close this state, open this state, transfer. We had to transfer states. You have to do all this different stuff. And then on top of that, at that point, I only owned about 42% of Artist Public and I'm common stock. When you're a founder, you own common stock. So in the, in the, in the event of a liquidation, um, it goes debt, it goes debt, preferred a shares, common stock. As far as what, like getting and getting paid out. Oh, so debt holders is would be traditionally you would think a bank loan. Okay, debt holders could be anyone that paid through debt. So 
when we took on our second investment, that 1.2 million, we did it through what's called a convertible note, which is debt to be transferred into equity. Uh, so the first people that got paid, 1.2 million. They put money in in February and got money out in October. What a turnaround for them. Huh? Yeah. yeah, so they got, they got the year. quickest turnaround. And so you would Man. think like people that had stock, no, they're the first ones. Then or you think the guy that fucking built the company? <laughs> yeah. get, that's <laughs> no, ridiculous. No, you're the you're the last one to get paid when you built your company. And so we went that, and then goes the Series A preferred share people, oh my and God. then goes you. Talk about yeah. the shit end of the stick for yeah. all that and everything Man. vests. So if you have employee vesting agreements, they vest. Yeah. That knocks down the percentages. Oh my! Everything God. comes before you, and so that's why the rule is: if you sell your company, your first company is for your investors. Your second company's for you yeah. mm. because that's proving that you can do it. Yeah. And then after that, they don't take as high of a fee. Maybe they take, you know, a 10% stake instead of a 12% uh, stake because now they already know that you can do it. You're yeah. a second time founder. That's funny. So, wow. That's crazy. I met, um, one of the, uh, accountants that was part of the sale at one of the founders events. Yes. Kristen. Uh, no, it was a oh. guy. From the firm. The From same. Markham. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Wicked nice guy. Love I remember Markham. like we were like just shooting the shit by the bar and you know, I was like they were like, Oh, we're lawyers and I was like, What are you guys doing here? Like, why are there lawyers here? <laughs> or like they, they worked at my friends. They're accountants, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, How do you how do you guys fit in here? And they're like, Oh, we worked uh, we're with we're with Nick, like we worked on the acquisition and I was like, Oh shit. I was like, that's awesome. Good for yeah. you guys. They did. They did a hell of a job. That's they're, so. they're nice guys. Yeah. They're they're Markham. Markham's a great firm. The reason yeah. I hired Markham fun fact is they have an office in Providence. Well, they yeah. have an office in every state. They have an office in Providence. They also have one in the Cayman islands. Oh, wow. haven't gotten to uh, utilize it that yet, would be cool. but <laughs> they once think you'll go to the Cayman islands. Yeah. <laughs> that's your accountant. <laughs> Damn. That's cool. So what's um what's in the next like six months to a year? What's on your horizon? Uh, kind of just screwing around to be honest. Just um, dabbling. Yeah, just dabbling. You know, like yeah. I said, I had there's two ideas that I have in the tank with a bunch of co-founders because like yeah. I'm committed to the company I'm at right now. I'm committed to a couple other things, and so like I don't have the bandwidth to go launch companies myself. Yeah. But I love coming up with ideas. And so I basically now, because of Artist Public, have been able to find enough people to have teams that I can assemble around me. Yeah. Um, and so one of them we're looking at launching in the restaurant industry. Another one we're looking at launching in the freelancing industry. Mm. Um, and so both of them probably will come out in, in August, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. But I'm just the yeah. the guy that came up with the idea, and now there's a, a team that actually. Yeah, will but run isn't it. that sweet? That must be a sweet feeling. It's yeah. cool, but you know, you take yeah. a smaller percentage, but you know, and there's also different things. Like neither of them are going to be billion dollar companies. Yeah, um, they're going to be build, you know, grow and probably sell in the next couple of years. And you have a yeah. small percentage, but it, you can say like, this was fun. Like that was fun to build that. You know, you don't need a billion dollar company. Right, and you still make some money off the top yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you 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 build a company, you sell it for a million dollars, and you own twenty percent. You walk away with two hundred grand after taxes, about one hundred and thirty. Yeah, for what? <laughs> right. Like you just put it in the bank account, and continue on with your day, like nothing ever happened. Right. Um, and go do it again for what? Yeah. So you can kind of just have fun. You don't need a billion dollar company, yeah. and selling for a million dollars is not crazy either. Right. All you need to do is sell for. You need to have a SaaS company because you have recurring subscriptions that you sell for at least five times. So yeah. you need to make 250K a year. Getting a, an online business 250K a year is not that unobtainable. Especially right. nowadays too. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. nowadays. Yeah. 
So that's cool. you do that, sell it for five X, you're good. You yeah. can just do that on repeat. Yeah. yeah. Or even the food space, like, I don't know, you never know, might start franchising. Yeah. Like, you, it, the opportunities, you can go any which way with it. True. I do want to buy a Duncan. That'd be, be profitable. <laughs> I was gonna buy. I was gonna buy a Dunkin' in Providence, and uh, someone beat me to it. So. I remember you talking about opening a coffee shop. Yeah, there. there's a Dunkin' moving in there. Ugh. I know, bastards. I, know. I got beat. I got beat. It was a gold mine. But. Next time. Yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> next everybody one. Loves next Dunkin'. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, last thing. At least we should spend a minute just uh, quickly talk about founders and friends. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, we're all friends and, and founders. That's right. Meet up in Providence. <laughs> next. Um, the next one coming is August 11th. August 11th at Narragansett. Yep. In Providence. And, um, you know, what's funny is almost like half the people I I'm friends with or like family, like one time I went to Narragansett and I was like, Hey, do you guys want to go get a beer at Narragansett tonight? And they're all like, Oof, man, you really want to drive all the way down there? I was like, Bro, I'm talking about the fucking brewery in <laughs> Providence, not all the way down to Narragansett, Rhode Island. No. And also, it's really not that all the way. Yeah. Rhode Islanders need to drop it's a 20 this. 20-minute drive. Drop yeah. Like, like, I drove farther to get to school every day in Connecticut yeah, right. than I do from here to Newport. I like, know, come right. on. I live in oh. Cranston, and my yeah. friends from, they live down you know, in Narragansett. They won't drive up to Cranston because it's too far. It's like, yeah. what the fuck insane. is wrong with you people? Like, they need to pack like a lunch for the day. Yeah, like, it's exactly. crazy. It's a whole trip. It's a Rhode yeah. Island mindset. Yeah. 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 But but um, yeah, I guess let's let's just briefly just hit uh, founders and friends. So, I guess back in January, yep. I remember the first. Uh, so you and I met at a bonfire that Adam had at his apartment, yes. and I remember thinking it was really funny because I had heard of your company and seen your signs in CIC. Yep. And so then I was like, oh, I put two and two together. And I was like, okay, Artist Republic. Yeah, we've seen their signs. Yeah. I made the connection. And then he's like, oh, yeah, like I, uh, I, I've i like seen your stuff on LinkedIn, like the Fridays at Focus Forward. And I was like, oh, shit, like I don't even know you. And like, you, <laughs> all right, cool, man. What's up? So we kind of hit it off and then we started talking. And then sure enough, in, in yeah, like December, you were like, hey, we're going to throw this like random event at the Aloft yeah. Hotel that's opening. And um, yeah, it's just going to be a bunch of entrepreneurs and, and founders. And uh, we're just going to go hang out at the bar and just shoot the shit. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. And, um, so now, I mean, we're, that explains it. Four events in, <laughs> just laid it all out. Yeah, yeah. No, literally, literally four events in. It's literally not even a legal company. Like, right. There is no organization behind it. It's basically, if you want to be a part of it and like, you want to plan an event with us, like we just host a zoom call every so often. Yep. Uh, we all get together. Whoever wants to be on it. We choose the next place. We're going to host an event. Everyone just invites people to the bar. Right. Um, yeah, and it's, and there's then, no cost. It's not like no, you're paying it's totally to go. Free. Uh, the next one, so we have a, a six sponsor Trinet who helps like uh, HR for startups. Basically, they came like in. They're like, "Hey, we'll just buy everybody's drinks, like the first 100 people's drinks." Oh, that's I was like, sick. "Cool." I what was time like, "Let's does it do start? it." I'm getting uh, there. <laughs> right <laughs> so, on so the seven. It's I'll seven to ten. I'll be there seven um, on the dot. And so before that, though, we're also partnering with Design Rhode Island. Oh, to yeah. do a pre-event with designers and founders at uh, Venture Cafe. Oh, cool. And then the next day, I'm also hosting an event at Aloft that Friday night called Freelancer Fridays, where Sorry. we're going to start bringing a bunch of freelancers together, basically do the same thing as founders and friends. Oh, I think a bunch of freelancers yeah, together to be I like, hey, let's LinkedIn. just all share a drink. Yeah. And hopefully something can come out of there, whether you own a company or whether you need to hire a freelancer or whatever. 
there's a lot of freelancers that are in Rhode Island. Like, oh, let's, yeah. let's just all bring them together. Or if you just like learn from other people yeah. or like network, like, like let's just all share a drink. Yeah. It's so simple. Just get people drunk and, and everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, I've, I've figured out the key to life. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like, it was funny. The first one I was like, Mike, do you want to come to this event? And like uh, in my head, the only way I could think to describe it at first was like a networking event. And Mike's not usually one for networking events, which I'm, not always one for like networking events, stereotypical yeah, networking events. I'm with you. Because they're always just so stupid and it's like forced. Yeah, Everything yeah it's forced. very forced. Yeah. And so, um, you know, because it was like Adam and you, so we were like, all right, it's a good crowd. Like, we'll go. And I remember like Mike was like, he left at like eight or so and he was, or like, maybe it was after that. Anyway, he was like, man, that was a really good time. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped for the next one. Like, it was, it was yeah, a long time. No, exactly. Because everyone's just excited. And, and there's no it, name tags. No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. The fucking name tags. Yeah. No, Hashtag not cancel like name formal, tags. formal, you know? Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It's just go have fun. Talk to people. It's just exactly. Like you said, it's almost like the goal is to just go and have a drink and yeah, that's exactly. it. Exactly. Like, it's not like, oh, go and network with other professionals yeah, no. in your area. Go get drunk and you'll probably meet someone that may invest in your company or work with <laughs> your company or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, or give you some good advice. It could be. And that's yeah. the part is like, nobody knows who you are there. Exactly. Like, like true. I literally told someone I was talking to a student there. I was like, this guy behind me has a $65 million VC fund. I was like, you would have no idea. Right. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah. That's I was crazy. like, he could invest in your company tomorrow yeah. if he wanted to. I was like, so be nice. Yeah. <laughs> be nice. To yeah. Be nice to everybody. Yeah. Be great. Make friends. Go talk. Yeah. Um, and like, you don't feel, and the nice part is you don't feel salesy. Yeah. Because you don't know who they are. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you're just talking. So, yeah. You're, you're not like, oh, here's that guy. He's from this company. Let me, yeah. uh, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, we really want to, yeah, okay, let me target him. that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, oh, hey, like, Brad, what do you do? And Brad's like, yeah. oh, I design fucking cameras. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. So, yeah, the next one's August 11th. If you're listening and you're a founder or a friend, and yeah, you want to come get junk, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Never get <laughs> to the brewery. <laughs> first 100, I'll be fighting for the first spot at the door. <laughs> Mike's going to keep coming in the front door. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm here again. <laughs> so cool. Nick, well, uh, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. This yeah, was a blast. Good, good, uh, good shooting the shit. I'm glad we did this finally. Yeah. Pumped yeah. to see what uh, we're going to come up with next though. I know. Yeah. We'll be playing around with things. Yeah. Next. Hell yeah. Cool. So yeah, cool. No, thank you. It was a um, long commute. I'll have a long commute home. And, that's uh, right. We'll go from there. Check Nick out on Instagram, Chalker Beach Boy and uh, oh, yeah. LinkedIn. Nick, spell your last name or... Chanfione, which is uh, that, C-I-A. F- that's how you pronounce yeah, it? Chanfione. That sounds way <laughs> sicker than how I thought it sounded. Uh, you, you can find it. Let me just go through the entire alphabet here. Uh, C-I-A-N-F-A-G-L-I-O-N-E. There you go. If or you if you look up that, Founders and Friends. Yeah, or just look up Founders and Friends. Yeah. Look at the host. You can find yeah. it. And uh, as always, check us out on Instagram at Focus Forward Media at Up In Your Biz Pod. Hopefully, we'll have another episode sooner than two years. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and I hope you yeah, guys Nick, enjoyed. Nick, what are you doing next week? We need another <laughs> guest. We need another guest. Yeah. Cool. Actually, you know who should be next is uh, if you're listening, Chef Bryn. Yes. Bryn. Oh, uh, yeah, what's yeah, her last yeah. name? Turner. Bryn Turner. Bryn. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chef Bryn. The chef yes, that we met. She should totally be next. Yeah. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening.